himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever would believe in him should not have to perish, but might have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, this is in John 3, but that the world through him might be saved. He's the greatest gift. His name should be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means Savior. It literally is a one-word prayer. It means Yahweh save. Jesus means save me, God. God save me. Jehovah saves. In Greek, it's, it's Jesus. In Hebrew, it's Joshua, which you translate the Hebrew into English. It's Joshua or it's Yeshua, meaning salvation. He's named Jesus because he shall save his people from their sins. Being saved from our sins, that is being forgiven, is the greatest Christmas gift of all. Can I get an amen? Amen. Being forgiven of our sins is the greatest Christmas gift of all. He came and lived a perfect, sinless life, fulfilled the law perfectly. No one could do it before then or since then. The law was rigid and died a cruel death on a cross unjustly that God allowed to happen so that his death might be a substitutionary payment for the fines inflicted upon us by the law. The Bible says the law came to reveal sin. Just like a speed limit sign reveals the fact you're speeding, but it does not stop you from speeding, like the radar that the police use reveals whether or not you're within the speed limit or over the speed limit. It does not control your speed. It simply reveals it. So the law could not control man nor make man perfect. It simply revealed the imperfection in man. Christ demonstrated the forgiveness of sins even before he went to the cross. In John chapter 8, the Bible says he got up early in the morning and went to the temple and sat down and a crowd of people gathered and he began to teach these people. And in the middle of his teaching, some men showed up dragging a woman behind them whom they had accused of adultery. They said, Master, we got a question for you. We've caught this woman in the very act of adultery. The law says she should be stoned to death. What do you say? Jesus ignored them. Here she is sitting down before him and he's sitting down. Keep that in mind. He stoops down which is a sign of humility, lower than her and begins to write in the dirt. And so they continue questioning him. Finally, he sits back up and says, he that is without sin, throw the first stone. He then stooped down and began to write some more. Slowly, one by one, they dropped their rocks that they had any in their hands and walked away because they knew they too had sin in their life. What did he write in the dirt? Maybe he wrote, where's the man? (laughs) Maybe he wrote the names of their girlfriends. Maybe he, being God manifest in the flesh, began to write the law in the dirt just as God had done um, centuries earlier on the tablets of stone. Maybe he wrote the commandments they had broken that very day. Maybe he wrote in the dirt what the hand that appeared out of nowhere wrote on the wall in front of Belshazzar and terrified him to the point that he lost his bowels in his pants. And the words written were many, many tekla ufarsim, which means you have been weighed in the balance 
and have been found wanting. Whatever it was he wrote, it had an impact. Put with what he wrote with what he said, it brought life to her who was condemned to death by the law. He stood up, he sat up and says, woman, where are your accusers? Everyone had left. It was just the two of them alone. She was standing at this, at this time. She said, they have all left. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. She left not only freed from death, she left forgiven and set out on a new road to walk. That's Jesus. He gives the forgiveness of sins. He did not do away with the law. He fulfilled the law in obeying it perfectly himself, but also making the law a matter of the heart. Thou should not kill, he fulfilled by commanding us not to hate. Thou should not commit adultery, he fulfilled by commanding us to not lust. All of the commandments can be revealed through his teaching in dealing with them as matters of the heart. This very story in John chapter 8 that I told you about, this woman caught in the act of adultery, was a fulfillment of the law of jealousy. In Numbers chapter 5, it gives the law of jealousy. And this law basically said, it's the weirdest of all the 600 and some laws that Moses gave. It said if a husband is jealous of his wife and he thinks she's, she's, she's cheated on him, whether she has or not, they are to go to the priest if he can't shake these, these suspicions. And she's to sit before the priest, put an offering in her hand, and the priest is to question her whether or not she is guilty of infidelity. And then it gives this prescription. The priest is to write out this curse in a book that basically said, if you're guilty, you're going to die. Your belly's going to swell and your leg's going to rot. But if you're innocent, you're going to become more fertile. He then would take a vessel of water and take dirt off the tabernacle floor and mix it with this water, this dirt where the animals had trod, where they were about to be sacrificed, this very dirt where animals' blood was shed to pay for sins, was mixed in water. And then this book where the curse was written, uh, Numbers 5 says in the Law of Jealousy that the curse was to be scraped off the page into the water. It's a weird law. And then she was to drink the water. And if she was guilty, she would ultimately die. If she was innocent, she would become more healthy and fertile. What a weird law. We don't see anywhere where they actually obeyed that one. They didn't obey all of them. The law of, uh, um, the law of um, Jubilee, where every 50 years they would forgive all debts and start over again, they never obeyed that one. They never did it. But here in John chapter 8, Here's this woman brought to Jesus, who's the priest, who's a God manifest in the flesh, who is the sacrificial lamb. The blood of the sacrifice is flowing in his veins. And to me, it's significant that he turns and begins to write words that brought life to her in the dirt. His words are called biblically living water. He speaks and he writes living water. That if she drinks them, she'll forgive, she'll receive the forgiveness of sins. And those who hear them will stop their condemnation. Isn't that a beautiful fulfillment of the law of jealousy? So it is. Christ came to bring the forgiveness of sins. The greatest Christmas gift you can receive is Jesus himself and the forgiveness of sin that he offers you. He fulfilled the law perfectly. Whatever thing you're guilty of, he paid for it. 
And the greatest gift you can give is the forgiveness of sins. I want to challenge you this holiday as you see some annoying relatives. You know, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your relatives. Give the forgiveness of sins. Stop putting people on probation and extracting penalties from them with moodiness and emotions and rumors and accusations. Let the forgiveness that God has given you flow through you and give to others. There's a lot of money going to be spent during this season. But I tell you, it will not satisfy the need of man without Jesus. It will only perpetuate more and more debt, more and more problems. Jesus came to give us life. He came to give us the forgiveness of sins. Can we stand? Let's pray this prayer together and may it be a new beginning in your life. We welcome you to Generations Church and we encourage you to come back if you don't have a church home. We would love to be a spiritual home for you. Let's pray this prayer together. Oh God in heaven, I thank you for the gift of your son. I thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Forgive me of my sins and make me clean. Let me hear you say, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And as I have been forgiven, help me to forgive others. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And as Roy Rogers said, may the good Lord take a liking to you. God bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas. God bless you.